Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And while you were here, you might as well check out the Leeds Podcast Network, where we have six, yeah, you heard it, six brand new shows, Monday through Saturday, each and every single week. You can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And whenever you listen to them, we are there. We cover the NBA, the WNBA, and we even dip our toes into the NFL. Check us out because we're really good. Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today we're going to kind of review a couple games as well as give you a little insight into something Taylor Jenkins changed just this past game against the Clippers. It was very subtle, but I caught it and I've been doing some digging, so honestly, that's why this episode's a little bit later than usual. We didn't want to put it out Wednesday because we only had one blowout game against the Rockets, so today we can cover two games. But don't you dare miss out on the next episode. It's going to be a good one. We have one, maybe two people coming on it. I'm not sure if I'm going to split the episode to give give each person their own time or If I'm just going to go ahead and put them both together and just see what madness we can create. But you don't want to miss the next episode. It will be out Monday. So if you're hearing this, you're welcome. It's coming out Monday. But make sure you uh, don't dare miss out on the Leeds Podcast Network. Six shows a week. And man, they're really good. Me and Ryan have a show on Mondays. It's called Free Basketball. And so those are always good. So don't miss out on those either. But something else that Ryan and I and a couple of others from the lead have been doing is we've been doing our share of betting. And with that came another account on Twitter. It's a really good account. It's growing really well. It's called Bet the Lead. And that's B-E-T. Bet the Lead. And it's pretty simple. At Bet the Lead. And so go check them out. Go give those guys a follow. We're giving out our best bets. Also, join our Discord channel. We give out bets, and we kind of talk them through during that time before we put them out to the public because we want to make sure that we have good info and good intel. So that's the new stuff. Let's go ahead and get into the old stuff. The Grizzlies, 136-102 win over your Rockets. That just look horrible. Good God. They don't look good at all, and... I'm not going to cover this game much. The Grizzlies shot well from deep, from in the paint. Speaking of the paint, they had 70 points in the paint in that game. Rebounding was decent for defensive, but offensive rebound, we gave up too many, though. We we did a decent job at it, but they just did so much better at getting on the offensive boards. We have to make sure that we are boxing out and looking around for a cutter because just like these teams, they get kind of smaller. It's not your big that's just standing there on the block, turning around and trying to box you out. They're coming from the three-point line, and the Rockets did a really good job of that. 
just looking at just some of their numbers, nothing really jumped out to me, you know, in all honesty. So I don't want to spend too much time on them. Let's go to our guys, Jaron Jackson Jr., 18 points, 7 rebounds, another good rebounding night out of him. Zero offensive rebounds, which was a little weird, but in the end of the day, he had 7 rebounds, and that's more than he's given us for sure in the past. Uh, Dylan had 16 points, Steven Adams 2 points, but let me give you a little bit of little cookie as to what he really did good and what I loved. 4 assists, 5 rebounds. They're putting him into the offense more, and they did that even with this smaller Rockets team, and he only played 21 minutes. Everybody played 25 or less, but he did not play a whole lot, and so with that being said, that's where the four assists are very crucial to those 21 minutes. The other two guys, John Morant, 22 points, six rebounds, six assists, and then Desmond Bain finally got going again. He hit a three-pointer, and he had 12 points, which was very crucial for us, heading the right direction with Bain, as he did in this next game against the Clippers. Brandon Clark, 12, 12 points. Solid game out of him again. Tyus Jones played 14 minutes, but in those 14 minutes, he gave us four assists, which is another good showing for Tyus. He had a, a too, few too many uh, of those stupid turnovers, but now... He's back in, and he's back in grinding. Let's go to this next game, which is a 120-108 game that just happened last night against the Clippers. The Grizzlies shot over 50% again from the field. Three-point line was at 42%, but we didn't take nearly as many. We had 26 three-point shots, which was way down from what we've been taking. Uh, Rebounds, very good. We got on the offensive glass in this game. We had 12 to their 7 and defensively, 35 to their 27. So we're out-rebounding these teams. We're assisting the ball so much better. 28 assists, which is just phenomenal. I want to say the last game against the Rockets was 30-plus. Um, don't quote me on that because I threw away the paper just as I got off of that game. Uh, but the fast-break points were there. Points in the paint, 74. So 70 last game, 74 this game. Another good showing from us getting in the paint and honestly, not depending so much on the three-point shot. The three-point shot will be there, but we don't have to go and search for it. We don't have to seek for the shot. It'll come to us, especially if we can get in the lane like we have been. And the reason that the guys have been getting in the lane, it's John Morant. 28 points, five rebounds, five assists. I'm, I'm pretty mad about that number. And you're probably thinking, it's not, it's not bad. It's not a bad number. Okay, I agree. I agree. But not if you had money on it. If you're following us at Grizzlead, at Grizz underscore lead, I'm giving out my, my bets before the game. Josh being hitting over five and a half rebounds, so he's been getting six or more th- uh, rebounds every game. Well, he didn't because he didn't play. He didn't play as much, and that's really what made me mad is he didn't get those fourth quarter minutes like he normally does, which would have easily put us over, and the same game parlay of 26 and 6. So a little teed off about that just gonna be honest a little pissed off but he had a good game and jaron jackson jr showed up again 18.6 rebounds four blocks he was staying on his feet which we want him to do stay on your feet use your long arms and block people he was staying at home letting the shot go up and then releasing jumping blocking that's what he should do been doing so much better out of that stayed out of foul trouble again Dylan Brooks, 18 points. Another good shooting night out of him. 
Desmond Bain finally back into plus 14, plus 15, plus 16. He ended with 16 points, and so it was another good shooting. So he went two or three. He's not shooting as many, which is good. I, I like when he shoots a big volume, but it, only if it's going in. So he's not doing as well as shooting, but he went two or three. Great night out of him. Brandon Clark again, uh, really good night out of him. 14 points, five rebounds. Kyle Anderson, six uh, points, three rebounds, three assists. Decent night. He's just doing Kyle Anderson things. He also added a steal, a block, right? That's what he does. Tyus Jones, 15 minutes, six assists. Six. Six assists in 15 minutes. Are you hearing that? Tyus is back, baby. DeAnthony Melton played the most minutes off the bench. 23 minutes, had five rebounds, three assists, six points. He's doing Mr. Do Something. That's what he does. He does a little bit of everything. All right, so that was a big win for the Grizzlies over the Clippers. They've now taken two from them. They've taken two from the Denver Nuggets, which are going to be crucial because looking at those teams, they could potentially be in the running for them and maybe a tiebreaker spot out of one, if not both, uh, as we get closer to the playoffs. And when I'm talking playoffs, I'm getting excited. I'm ready. I'm excited. This won't be a long podcast, but I have something I want to get into. I want to give you a little tidbit that I saw. I've been digging this morning. Digging for you, for the people. We're digging. And I was looking through some stats, and I could not find a report anywhere. And if you have this report, please share it. If you know where it is, share it. I'm looking at rotations. If it shows like a rotation, you know, game by game, with pretty much showing when a guy goes out, who comes in? What does the rotation look like? What time did they go out? What was the uh, score when they went out? Like Those are the important things that I was kind of looking at. Because this game, I saw a subtle change. I have not liked our bench unit in a while. There just seems to be something off. And a lot of people have pointed out that maybe it's, maybe it's Kyle. Maybe he's not happy in the position he's in. Maybe, you know, D'Anthony Melton now going back to the bench, it just doesn't work for him. Uh, what do we do with Zaire now that he's healthy? Dylan Brooks is in the rotation. He's uh, the starting two guard. So there's a lot of questions and a lot of different things happening. The, the consistency has been, you know, Bain stayed in the lineup. Jaws there. Adams is there. Uh, Jaron's there. You know, we're just switching some things around. Kyle used to be in the lineup over Jaron because he was hurt most of the year. So, there's a lot of questions, and there's a lot of changing you want to do. And as a coach, I think Taylor Jenkins does a good job, and it goes unnoticed. And so, as you know, I'm a Taylor Jenkins guy. I think he's a good coach for this team, especially right now. I think he is really the coach that this team needs because he gets along with the players. The players trust him, and he makes good decisions that go unnoticed. But not today. Today, I caught it. I saw the switch, and I just want to share a little bit. And I'm going to kind of talk through this, and I haven't planned out really what I'm going to say except for this madness that is on this paper right in front of me. But he made a simple switch. And that switch was, in the past, it was a rotation that came in to take out the starters. And that starters, they come out at different times. But usually, Kyle is going in and getting Jaron around between the six and the five-minute mark in every game in the first quarter and the third quarter. It happens just like clockwork. And then towards the end of the quarters, you're going to have Tyus go in and get Ja 
he could let him run out the whole quarter, but most of the time they try to get Ja out within you know with two minutes or less in in the quarter, whether it's the first or the third quarter, just to give him that extra minute or two break. So then he comes back into the second and the fourth quarter at the last seven minutes. So those are the two guys. So we're talking about Kyle, you know, going in and getting Jaron and Tyus and getting Ja. That's how it works. Well, with those pairings, you have somebody that joins them. And it's been Kyle and Melton going and getting, uh, Kyle going and getting Jaron, Melton going and get Dylan Brooks. And then it's been Tyus going to get Ja. And then it used to be Zaire going to get, um, I'm drawing a blank, Bain. I'm sorry, Zaire going to get Bain, a shooter, right? Shooter for shooter. That, that just makes sense. Like Brooks, Brooks does a little bit of everything. He shoots, he defends, he does everything, right? Well, there was a switch made. It's been Kyle and Melton, Tyus and Zaire. The switch they made, which makes so much sense, I think it unlocked the bench unit. And we'll probably go to the next game against the Timberwolves, and it'll probably suck. But as of right now, I like it, and I think it actually makes a lot of sense. The reason is, is because Kyle is now with Zaire. So when the, when the flip happens, it pretty much goes Kyle going for Jaron, and then it goes Zaire and goes in for Dylan. What that does is that gives you a shooter and a defender, a long defender that does a little bit of everything. So Kyle does a little bit of everything. When you have Kyle with Melton, they're both a little do-everythings, right? Well, then you have Adams and Bain and Ja. So it was Ja, Bain, Adams, Melton, and Kyle. That's not as much shooting. So when they did that switch to put Zaire in there, and let Melton run with uh, Tyus, that gave you Kyle and Zaire joining Adams, Bain, and Jaw. What that does is it allows Adams to run longer with Jaw and as well as Bain, but mainly Jaw and Adams, right? So you have those two able to stay together most of the time, and they're able to work off each other. They're getting Adams back into the offense of giving him the ball, letting Jaw work off of him as well as other people. But now you have Kyle and Zaire. Zaire stretches to a corner. Kyle, he stretches to another corner. What does that give you? That gives you spacing. But it also gives you Kyle, a vet, which is one of our oldest players on our team, and Zaire, one of our youngest players on the team. They both do a little bit of the same. Zaire's mainly the shooter, good defender. Kyle is, is a better defender, better facilitator, and he's still out in the short corner for the shot. That unlocks and opens up the offense, and it also gives you some defense around Jaw because that gives you size around Jaw compared to Melton, who would be a little bit smaller, and you have Bain in there already. So the, if you understand what I'm saying, all they did was just is switch two people, but it made so much sense because now you're having Tyus and Melton with a guy like Brandon Clark, who they want to get up and down the court more, they're both a little bit older than Zaire. Melton's a little older than Zaire. He does a little bit more you know, than just stands in the corner so he can facilitate more. And then you're going to have Jaron and Dylan with him most of the time. So that's a, that's a unit of Tyus, Melton, Clark, Jaron, and Dylan. I like that. I like that so much better than what it was. It used to be Tyus, Zaire, Clark, Jaron, Dylan. And that is not, it's really pretty much the same. But if you think about it, taking Zaire and putting him next to Ja, which gives you a little bit more spacing and shooting than it does with Melton. So 
It's very simple, very small, but I promise you it works and it is a very subtle change that Taylor Jenkins and his staff should be credited for. So so watch for that when they when that happens. You're you're gonna start seeing every game, now that now I'm telling you about it, every game around between the five and six minute mark, you're gonna see Kyle go get Jaron. Well, this next game, you're gonna go see Zaire get Dylan around the four-minute mark. So they leave out a minute in between Kyle and Zaire, or they could put them together depending on what the situation is because that allows Jaron to reinsert in that same quarter or first to the next quarter, which would be the, the second or the fourth quarter. And then at the end of the quarter, you'll see Melton and Tyus come in as a duo. They'll come in together, and they'll get probably Ja and Bain to come out. And in the middle of that, you might have... Adams go out for Clark or whoever, but I'm not worried too much about Adams and Clark. They're going to kind of come and go, but the two people I want to look at is Kyle and Zaire coming in first. It's a very good unit. It's a plus unit on that night and in that game. So pay attention to that. Very good switch, very subtle switch, but I think that unlocks the offense and then as well gives you a little bit more on the next unit that comes in right behind them. So, So stay tuned to that. But let's go ahead and get into this uh, Timberwolves game, and then we'll get out of here. It'll be a short podcast today. This game, the Timberwolves, they they play with more energy than the Grizzlies did this last matchup. And Carl uh, Anthony Towns, 25 points, seven offensive rebounds, as I talked about against Houston. They have to keep the guys off the glass. They got to do a better job of helping each other rebound. And we know that Jaron's doing a better job. I love Adam staying next to Bain and Ja as well. Uh, so I hope that they do a better job of, of keeping the, the guys off the glass because that's really what kills us. Doing a better job of defending the three-point line. We've, we've stopped helping as much. And I know I've talked about show and go. They're doing more show defense to where they're letting their guy go dribble down into the paint more one-on-one, and at the last second, they might help out if you get you know, within five feet of the bucket. So they're doing a much better job, and you're going to see the defensive metrics on this team start to rise because they are down the dumps, one of the worst defensive teams right now, but it can turn around, and it doesn't take long to turn around. All it takes is a few games back-to-back, putting in some good numbers as they have been, and then you're going to start seeing those numbers switch. So I don't think they'll ever be in the top 15 in the, the league in defense. I, I think they have issues still. But I, I think that they can be the middle of the pack in the defense, and, that, and that's fine. And the, the reason that I don't think they'll be in the top 15, it's not necessarily because of their defense. It's because their offense is uh, up and down the floor. They're in the top 10 in the league on, on a normal basis in pace of play. That means you're getting up and down the court, which is going to give you know let people score more at times because it does hurt you because you're up and down so much one you're getting tired but two you know you're trying to get up and score and the team doesn't get back which means that they throw the ball up and potentially uh, get an easy bucket at times as well so that that's the, really the reason um, but what we need to just kind of look at in this game is the three-point shooting last game you know Carl Anthony Towns he shot nine as well as uh, Anthony Evans shot nine three-pointers D'Angelo Russell thought shot 13 three-pointers They shot 37 three-pointers just within the starters, the top five starters. If you want to put in Beasley, who was ice cold, went 0 for 5. 
Nas Reed went 2-2. Two two. He won't do that again. Vanderbilt shot one. That was it. They had 45 three-pointers on the game, and 37 of them came from the main starters. They were chucking it up, and I think that's going to continue. I think they play a game of, you get yours, I'll get mine. You get yours, I'll get mine. You you get hot, all right, let, let's feed you, D'Angelo Russell. Let's feed you, Russell. And he cools off. All right, cool. Let's go to Anthony Edwards. All right, you've hit a couple. Let's stay with you. That's really how they play. And those three, you know, respectively, Anthony Edwards, 27. Carlton Towns, 25. D'Angelo Russell, 30 points. They're really, that's the team. They're doing the most. They played over 40 minutes each in that last game. And I know it went to overtime, but if you look at ours, we had two people that went into 40. Everybody else was 32 or less. So it was more of a team game. So this next game. We're going to be having Brooks and Zaire back the game before. We did not. So just kind of stay tuned to that. That will switch. And that that little switch that we talked about, now we get that spacing and that shooting. And I think that's going to benefit us. If the Grizzlies go to Minnesota and play with more energy, I think this is going to be a good win for us. Timberwolves, they just, they're, they're looking better. They played well last night. And I expect them to play better again. They're shooting the ball much better. And I think that they're going to continue over the year of getting better overall because those guys are meshing better. And we have to just understand, in all honesty, Anthony Edwards, he's still young, right? He's still a young player in this league finding his own. So it's going to take time for them all to mesh. But them putting up a 25-point win against the Spurs was was pretty impressive. They they just came off of a 10-point win against the Kings. So both of these games were at home. So they've been at home for a little bit. This is their last game at home before they go onto the road back and forth again. So let's go ahead and give them a bad send-off to go onto the road. So I think this game will be good for, you know, someone like, you know, Dylan Brooks who could guard Anthony Edwards much better. He'll be able to put, push him towards the lane, which is which is good and bad because Anthony Edwards does like to get into the lane. He had, he had 22 overall shots, two, 22 field goals in the game. Nine of those were three-pointers. So he likes to get into the lane as well. If they can stay in front of him and kind of keep Carl Anthony Towns off the, the glass, and, and I know it sounds just simple, just not let D'Angelo Russell find an, his open shot. That entire game, he was shooting open three-pointers. We weren't helping over, and we, as we were getting picked, our defender was not going over the screens as much and not fighting through the screens, which was an issue. But I, I like our chances this next game. I'm not sure how they're going to go with their starting unit. Last game, it was Patrick Beverly, so I'm not sure if they're going to switch that up or if they keep that, but they like Beverly uh, guarding uh, John Morant, and he's been starting. He started last game as well, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I don't know how the adjustments they what adjustments they make on us. I really think that it's Grizzlies that they made their adjustments with their bench unit because now it unlocks them a little bit. It helps people kind of find their own and allows De'Anthony Melton to play more minutes because then he can span the bottom of the third quarters, the bottom of the first quarter, all the way to the next quarter, which is the crunch time, heading in the right direction. Our starters as they get back into the the game, so. Uh, that's all we have this week. Uh, just I did a lot of digging for maybe a five-minute section, but it gave me insight uh, to exactly how this team made the adjustments and why they look so much better 
and why they went on that run in that bottom of the third quarter, first to the fourth. Like, just check that out. Look at the two halves. It just looked like it was stale in the first half. In the second half, there was more energy because they made the adjustment. First, first half was the old adjustment, okay? Second half, when they made that little tweak of switching Melton and Zaire, that's really what the difference was. So I hope that the Grizzlies stay with that because I think that in the end is the best situation for this team because it puts De'Anthe Melton in a much better situation running next to Tyus and Clark. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll, uh, we'll get the victory here in Minnesota in my mind. And that'll kind of keep us going the right direction. And as I told you, relax. This is a long year. 82-game schedule, long year. Two weeks ago, we thought the Grizzlies were the best team in the world. They were so good. Last week, man, we were pretty out on them. Grizz Twitter was out. Well, you never get too high. You never get too low because things like this happen. You have ebbs and flows and you have adjustments. Taylor Jenkins made this one little adjustment that it could be the adjustment that they needed for this second unit. So so we'll see in Minnesota, and hopefully the guys show up with some energy, and Tyus has a homecoming, and he just goes off for 20. How awesome would that be? So let's have a good week. Let's have a good weekend. Go Grizz. Be nice and tell your friends.